You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by HuntStand. HuntStand is the number one hunting app in the country, and at only $29.99, HuntStand offers a ton of functionality for hunters all over the country. Whether you own your own property or strictly hunt public, you can choose from over a dozen base maps, view property ownership information, 3D mapping, local weather, log your sightings and harvest, as well as use their trail cam management software, and print maps from your hunt areas. Download it today at the Apple App Store or Google Play. Hunt Stand. Upgrade your arsenal. Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast with your hosts, Nate Thomas and Micah Syke. Andy Humfeld How's is it in going? the house. Micah's uh, out of commission for the moment, so I was able to actually make one here. It's been a minute since it's just, when's the last time you and I did a podcast alone? Has oh, it happened? Man, well, it's definitely, I mean, we've done them, yeah, I think it's, shit, it's been a while. It's been a minute, I think, but. Anyways, how's it been going? I already know how it's been going. It's been busy. Been busy. Work's busy. Uh, farming's been busy. We just got everything planted here last week. Um, and then we actually just moved during that same time we were planting. We moved from our old house to our new house and been working on getting stuff out of it so we can actually we have to tear it down. Yeah. Because um, we built on the same property right next to the old house. 25 feet away from it. Yeah. Yes. It's... Uh, very close. So we're sitting in actually we're sitting, actually in, the sitting in your basement. Yeah, your new basement. And if you hear an echo, sorry about that. We I honestly have a, I have two couches down here and a table, and uh, still working on getting it to put yeah. together. So there's a little bit of a bare space that's causing an echo. Yeah. So if y'all hear an echo throughout this whole show, sorry. It's we're in Andy's basement, and that's what it is. Yeah. Um, I can't tell if it's actually going to show or if you're actually going to hear it on the show or not. But we're just making it work. Yep. Um, but we've been doing, I mean, obviously we've been busy. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're finishing the house. Um, we've been doing some work, you know, we were able to yeah. actually get some time the other night and, you uh, and Russell got after it the other day. Well, all three of us really. I was foreman. I you just were, drove you were, around. You were job pointed. foreman. We, uh, we actually did some, some land stuff here at, uh, the place I hunt and, which you posted some videos and stuff. I think of it, kind of what you what you accomplished. Yeah, today today's a Thursday, uh, June seventeenth. Uh, we're recording this, um, and I I finished uh, what we started today, and um, you know we we did this that episode with Adam Keith mm-hmm. with Landon Legacy a couple of weeks ago or however long ago it was, and when he he talked about everybody wants to do food, 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 food plots, food plots, and he said, "Well, that's a great idea." That's the second thing you should be looking to do. The first thing you should be looking to do is habitat, bedding, cover, mm-hmm. those things. So, and you, you know, think about it, we're in a heavy row crop area. Yeah, they I think got you touched food. on this. I mean, we got soybeans in the field that 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 your timber is uh, connected to, so they got food for a while. I mean, they'll yeah. be just fine there. So that that habitat and bedding area might be uh, time better served. Yeah. So we we made the decision to <laughs> work on. Uh, the habitat instead and we spent uh several hours the other night Mm -hmm. uh russell uh thank you by the way buddy 
We hooked up his uh, bobcat to a trailer, brought it over here, got your skid steer out, and we did some, uh, I guess you call it brush cutting, mowing. Some lamp, um, some clearing. Yeah, cleared some spots that had kind of grown up and made it easier to navigate through the property for both the deer and us, Yep. by the way. Um, left a lot of the nice thick bedding for them, but it you know just made it easier for them to get through. I realize a lot of... Uh, you know, mature bucks, they, they like thick, nasty crap, but right. deer are still, whether people want to admit it or not, path of least resistance, they're lazy. Just like any other, we're, we're lazy. If you had a clear path to walk or you had to jump over 40 boxes to get to the same spot, which one would you choose? Right. And I think that you're talking about the mature bucks and things, they're going to lay up in those thick brushy spots, but they're going to still travel and your easier corridors to travel yeah. when they do travel. And even if they don't, now me getting into those areas is going to be easier. Right. I can be quieter. You know, I'm not traveling through stuff that's taller than me. And uh, anyway, we got I got that done today. We didn't quite get done the other night. And then um, we're going to maybe do some some hinge cutting and things like that. Yeah, uh, a little more stuff we can probably improve. So, you know, it's works never a lot. finished. And then the place you hunt, there's stuff we want to, you know, do there. There's there's yep. all kinds of things you want to do and zero time to do it. But That's how it goes. Yep. Uh, but today's episode. Speaking of things I never get to do, fishing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but specifically kayak fishing, um, which kind of a neat topic. I mean, it's, it's definitely growing uh, very rapidly in uh, Missouri. Uh, but um, it's kind of a little different spin on, I mean, we farm pond fish primarily. Um, there's all kinds of different types of fishing, but. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, we have Mike Unruh on and he talks about kayak fishing. You know, yeah. we get into the different types of kayaks, the different types of kayak fishing you, they do, the and tournaments. The, the events that they have, I did not realize. Jeez, yeah, there's a lot of them, man. Yeah. I didn't realize. I mean, I thought there might be like a, a tournament here and there, but they've held yeah. just in this state. There's multiple tournaments that you can be in, and and then Mike talks about um, an organization he's involved with called the Fallen Outdoors mm-hmm. um, organization mm-hmm. that is you know dedicated to helping out uh, vets, either current vet, current members of the military. I guess they're not vets, right? So active members or um, veterans or veterans, uh, you know, getting involved in hunting, fishing, other stuff too. So. But, you know, I mean, that holds a near and dear spot to the show and to the, to us is uh, the men and women that have served our country. And I think that's an awesome deal. I mean, all the organizations out there that do help get that outdoors obviously hold a special place for us, and so do veterans. And uh, you put those two together, and I think one of the show before, um, we had Walt Disney talking. <laughs> and uh, he talked about Still that. Still the best voice you'll yes. ever hear. That that synergy of you know getting back to the outdoors, getting back to like that that true peace and and center, um, it, it does make a difference. You're getting deep right now. I am. I went real deep, real quick. Yeah. Anyways, hope everybody enjoys the show. Mike has a lot of good stuff to talk about with kayak fishing. Yep. And you are listening to the first show from Andy's basement. One of probably many. Hopefully. All right, this is the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. All right, with us today, Mike Unruh. How's it going, Mike? Hey, what's up, guys? Oh, not much. Just sitting here on a 
Thursday night, almost 10 o'clock. Yeah. Well, it seems we always hit the late hour on, on some of these, but uh, everybody's busy, and we yep. appreciate Mike taking the time here this this evening, Mike, this night. Mike was uh, at the fair, weren't hey. you not, just uh, a little while ago? Yeah, so I got three young girls, and we had the Pulaski County Fairs in town, so picked up my daughter from summer school, and she wanted to go to the fair, so we hit the fair for a while, and soaking wet. It's it's a it's a it's a doozy out there today. Yeah, and yes, not, not because you got wet, but because you're like me. And if exactly, you go, yeah, outside there ain't no water rides. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you go outside, and the first thing you start doing is sweating profusely. Yep, yep. It feels like August. Yeah, yes, it does. Yes, it does. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, before we get into our topic today, um, why don't you introduce yourself to everybody? Uh, tell everybody where you're from. And then what's your, uh, because you're from Missouri too, like us, uh, what's your favorite thing about Missouri and the outdoors here? Ooh, all right, let's do it. Uh, so like he mentioned, my name is Mike Gunrow. Uh, I'm with an organization called the Fallen Outdoors, uh, more specifically a Fallen Outdoors Kayak Anglers. Uh, I just retired from 20 years in the United States Army. Oh, wow. Thank you for uh, your I live here in Missouri. I appreciate it, guys. I do it for those who thank me. And I, I thank you. Um, so like I said, just Do retired I from the military out here. Cause I did, does he, does it count? Yeah. Cause he said it for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I saw you both nod. So you both have nodded. <laughs> yeah. I don't do it for gratitude, man. I do it cause it's something I loved and, right. and yeah. it's a family tradition, so to speak. So, well, good. uh, wrapped up my tenure with the military here at Fort Leonard Wood, fell in love with Missouri, uh, just being around Fort Leonard Wood. Um, if you're not familiar with uh, our Ozark area out here in Missouri, man, we got pristine streams, rivers, creeks, uh, lakes are within an hour. The hunting and fishing is amazing. So what really drew me here is I'm I'm an avid outdoorsman. When I'm not at work or I'm not with my family, I'm on the woods or in the woods or on the water. And uh, those Missouri rivers keep bringing me back with our our beautiful smallmouth we have here, and that's that's one of my passions and. One of the biggest things I love about Missouri is it's scenic riverways. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Probably made it easy to get into kayak fishing when you have oh, all those been, options. Crazy easy. I mean, you see, you drive over a bridge, you see floaters down there all the time, but, and then you compare that with fishing from a kayak. Yeah, it's, it's, it's beautiful, man. Yeah. Peaceful. Well, um, tell us about your background. What, when did you get into the outdoors? I mean, did you grow up hunting and fishing? Um, and then, you know, obviously we're going to talk about kayak fishing today, but you know, how did you get into the outdoors in general? Sure. So I'm, I'm originally from, uh, Kansas. I'm um, sorry. Won't hold that against you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it, they say it's a place where you can see your dog run away for two straight weeks. And sat down flat. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so, uh, my parents divorced at an early age, didn't really get into hunting, fishing, um, when my dad remarried when I was in second grade, my grandfather was a mayor of a small town out in western Kansas. Um, he's the one that introduced me to hunting and fishing. Uh, growing up, going to Greensburg, Kansas, Upland Bird mm-hmm. was phenomenal. Um, back in the days, you know, 80s, 90s, you could slay pheasant quail all day, every day, all season long. Uh, since then, you know, the population's dwindled a little bit, but steadily coming back. Um, so that's kind of what got me into the passion of hunting. And then uh, my dad and brother, I have a four-year-old brother. Um, we'd go fish in some local ponds and stuff. And, of course, I, you know, I'd whoop up on them. And so they always had to buy me ice cream. And eventually, <laughs> my brother started, stopped fishing with me. He's like, you know, I cheat or something. But, um, 
So I'm gonna, I, you know, I'm gonna need his the, name because say, we're gonna have to give him a chance ver- to defend himself. Can now. we verify that? <laughs> well, he's one of those firefighters, so I don't know. Uh, gotcha, gotcha. Fire, fire women. <laughs> um, I'm a law enforcement officer, so there's always that, you know. Oh, well, hey, Mike and Red. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so I'm a, re- a medically retired firefighter, and uh, so the reason why there's firefighters in the world. Is because even cops cold. need heroes, you know. Yeah. yeah. God. <laughs> Mike, so we're looking at Mike they, on they Zoom can't right see now. You, but I was, I was rolling my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have to separate no, but, these I mean, two. First responders, man. First responders are just like the military. You know, their their service is worth more than its weight in gold. So I appreciate all they do. It's just, it's just that love hate relationship that firemen and and uh, our blue liners. They, they got to give oh, each yeah. other a hard time. That's the, for that sure. Healthy rivalry. Oh, yeah. rivalry. It's it's a yeah it's a friendship yeah so uh, even my father my fire father retired thirty two years fire department my brother's been on for I've been in the military twenty so he's been in there probably oh, twenty five years and they're just jealous that I retired at thirty seven years old so yeah that's <laughs> nice <clears throat> twenty and done rather than doing you know their thirty and stuff yeah but, yeah yeah I think my uncle he, he uh, my uncle uh, retired from the Marines. I think he was in a little longer than that um, because he he well I can't remember the whole story but he he got promoted to colonel and when yep. he got promoted to colonel he was going to have a desk job and he said I don't want to sit behind a desk so he retired and uh, yeah. but he was like forty one I think when he retired still very young yeah yep. yep, absolutely yeah and collecting a good paycheck so yeah yeah he he but uh, yeah so had a, had a great <clears throat> life. Yeah, yeah. He's still alive. So, I should like have said, I said it like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's still living. He's still having his great life. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but, yeah, so, you know, I started hunting, fishing at a young age. And um, my dad eventually uh, didn't fish and hunt with us uh, anymore. So uh, kids I had in, in grade school and middle school and stuff, you know, we'd take our own trips and go out and hunt by ourselves at a young age whether it be, you know, plinking squirrels or pheasant quail, turkey hunting, stuff like that. And and it just grew and grew. Um, I turned 18 in basic training and got sent to a horrible place. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of this place called Hawaii. Oh, man, <laughs> so that's rough at 18, was, poor guy. I was fortunate to spend about seven years in Hawaii. Um, not a lot of hunting you can do out there. There is some hunting. Um, but fishing, come on now. <laughs> man. Man, we had jet skis. We'd troll for tuna, uh, really? shore fishing. We'd go catfishing at night, right? And yeah. catfish by catfish, I mean sharks. <clears throat> so we'd throw okay. a piece of squid on a on a, a rig out there and catch hammerheads all night long, Holy like two cow. to three foot hammerheads. Every once in a while, you get into a, a sweet little two foot black tip that would you know spool some line. But the fishing was phenomenal, and the fish out there taste amazing. And it's my my tour in Hawaii kind of got interrupted by a, a fourteen month stint in, in Iraq, but mm. those are two different hey, places. Back, yeah, opposites. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I did my fourteen months in Iraq and was fortunate enough to come back to Hawaii for almost two and a half more years. So good. Nice. <clears throat> good. Yep. So what yep. what took you to the the kayak fishing specifically? Um, I mean, in I'm guessing Hawaii, there's some opportunities. I mean, you had the jet skis, but maybe to do the, some of that there. But in Missouri specifically, I mean, there's a lot of pond fishing around. I mean, that's what most of us do. I mean, yeah. what took you to the and, – and do you strictly just do it on streams or do you do it on 
larger bodies of water as well. Yeah, because it's definitely becoming a bigger thing uh, all over. Oh yeah. Um, actually, there's an outdoor well, I mean, there's an outdoor shop um, about an hour south of me that uh, called Everhart's, um, and they sell kayaks mm-hmm. for kayak fishing. I mean, all over the place. Time, you know, that's that's kind of like their big thing now. So um, it's they're getting... our title sponsor, actually. Oh, there you go. See, <laughs> see boom. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, and hard yeah. outdoors. Yep. So they, you know, Clinton, Missouri. They, yep. uh, yep, Clinton, Missouri. They got um, all. They're all over the place. So it's getting bigger. So what drew you to it when you first got into kayak fishing? Uh, like Andy already asked you. Man, um, I didn't get started kayak fishing until about 2010, and legit, what I was doing was watching. Um, it may have been YouTube if they had YouTube back. <laughs> Probably. Or I may have been watching the Outdoor Channel. Um, what the hell's his name? Um, and one of these professional anglers, man, was was oh. testing out the Hobie kayak. Um, so he's out there floating around this pond with his Hobie kayak, and I was like, "Babe, look at this pedal drive!" Right? <laughs> I never heard of that shit prior then. Um, and. Uh, so I looked up Hobie dealers in my area. This, this is when I was stationed at Fort Belvoir, Virginia, 2010. I was a, a military working dog handler, <clears throat> a canine officer. And I said, you know what? That's what I want. So I looked up dealership. And it was one like five miles from my house. So I went and go check out these Hobies. Uh, was unaware of the price tag of a Hobie. They <laughs> um, never tell you thank that. Thank God for credit. Thank God for credit cards. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I bought a Hobie and um, – the Chesapeake Bay, uh, Potomac River, we snakeheads. If you guys have never caught snakeheads before, uh-uh. a real invasive fish, topwater aggressive like hell. Um, you know, in, in Virginia, you pull up into uh, uh, a 10-acre cove that's straight lilies, like thick lilies, and throwing a topwater bait and just seeing the lilies move with a wake coming towards your bait and catching some snakeheads on top water. I, I was hooked. I was like, dude, this oh, is wow. life. I ain't got a paddle. My shoulders don't hurt. Um, and awesome fish. That's kind of what got me started into kayak fishing. And it's, and it's steadily evolved from upgrading kayaks, upgrading tackle, upgrading um, chairs and lures and targeting multi-species. Um, we used to go out to the Chesapeake Bay Bridge and a uh, live line spot for stripers. You know, we'd catch stripers, bluefish, uh, sheep's head. Yep. Um, and hell, I even had another buddy who has a uh, Hobie kayak as well, and he'd carry two or two crab pots on the back of his kayak. We'd launch first thing in the morning, he'd knock them things off, and when we came in at night, he'd pick up his crab pots, and fresh Maryland blue crab. Oh, cool. That's can't beat it. I mean, it's yeah, just, just amazing, amazing being out there on the water on what I call a lure for a bigger fish. You know, there's some fish out there that probably swallow a kayak, but uh, it mainly brush water. It wasn't too salt water, but right. like, that's what really got me hooked. I was like, dude, this is, and I don't have to pay gas. I don't have to pay insurance on a big boat. And yeah, so that's what, that's what got me going. Yeah. That's got to be one of the main attractants is you're still, <clears throat> you're still on a boat, <clears throat> but you're not dropping. I mean, even a cheap bass boat, I'm guessing is pretty expensive. Uh, I've never had the desire oh, yeah. to buy a boat, so I don't know. But my wife keeps telling me no. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm guessing they're not cheap. So there's there's got to be one of the benefits is, you know, you can get into it now. I'm guessing like any other outdoor hobby, 
it can get expensive if you let it. Oh yeah. <laughs> but that's got to be. I one mean, of hell. Them. I mean, <clears throat> you got rod and reel combos that are you know well over a grand now, which is ridiculous. Um, and yep. then you have kayaks that you know, uh, Mr. Jackson, you know, kind of just came out with that new Apex kayak that's like twelve grand stock, you know, carbon fiber or whatever it is, and Ooh. it's nuts. Holy yeah. Smokes. But it's like whitewater kayak fishing type kayak. Gotcha. It's, it's pretty badass, but it's, it's weird looking, the Apex kayak. I'll have to look that up. I haven't seen that. So is that one of the things yeah. that, that drew you to it uh, when you first started doing it was, <clears throat> yes, with a boat, you're not that far off the water, but with a kayak, you are like right at the water's level. Um, yeah, you're just yeah. above water, so you feel like you're you're right there in the action. Is that one of the things you were talking about the snakehead and seeing those lily pads, you know, moving? It, is it you know like you're just right there in the action? Is that one of the first things that you liked, or how how did? Uh... Yeah, it's it's the versatility of having a kayak compared to a bass boat. You know, I, I have I had a bass boat too when I was in Virginia, and. I'd cruise up and down the river on my bass boat, and there was during low tide, there was some channels, some creeks and stuff that I couldn't get my boat into. And I was like, there's got to be a monster back there. And so I started throwing my kayak on the back of my bass boat, there you launching go. my kayak at these you know spots where I couldn't get. And yeah, found some phenomenal fish. And so the versatility of having a kayak, you know, being right there on top of the water and being able to spot fish, it, it's pretty damn cool. Um, I have a pretty stable kayak. Obviously, I'm in a Hobie Steel, okay. uh, upgraded from 2010, obviously. But uh, mine's a, a 17 Pro Angler 12. But I can walk from you know front to back, and it'd be stable enough, and being able to see the fish that close to it, and having the fish splash. Yeah, it's it's kayak fishing, man. It's it's exciting. So you said you can, I mean, I'm, I'm completely ignorant when it comes to kayak fishing. You said you can walk from front to back. So you stand up on these things quite often or. Oh yeah. Um, even on the river, when the current's moving, um, my back's bad. So sitting all day makes it worse. So yeah, stand up. The technology in these kayaks nowadays are phenomenal. So standing up capability is, is awesome. You see, if you go on YouTube, type in uh, ocean kayak fishing, you'll see guys standing out, standing up on their kayaks, chasing mahi-mahi, tunas, and all kinds of stuff. Really? The stability on them is awesome. It takes a while for you to get used to it, obviously. You know, you, at first you may have some little sea legs and stuff, but once you figure out how the boat moves compared to your movements, it's it's actually pretty damn easy. Um, and, you know, through my organization, we get a lot of combat veterans out that may not be as sturdy or stable. Um, but they're still able to stand up in these kayaks. Right. And that's what draws them into kayak fishing as well as them realizing that, hell, I can do this. Mm-hmm. You know, these are the kayaks are built for people like me. And that's when they take off on kayak fishing too. And next thing you know, their, their wives are calling you saying, my husband just spent $10,000 on kayak. <laughs> I wish, I wish he had never met you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we saved his life, you know, we saved his life. So. Yeah. But, you know, that's one of the things I, I was reading some stuff today on the benefits uh, or what's cool about kayak fishing and the benefits of kayak fishing over a boat. And that's one thing I read, like you were saying, was the versatility. You know, you'll see um, this guy was saying one time he was he was fishing on a lake where they were having a, a pro bass tournament or something like that. And he would see these these boats fly into this cove and they would 
they would get their lines wet, and as soon as they were in there, they were out of there. And he was able to slow fish this entire area, you know, methodically, and ended up limiting out with his kayak because he's not worried about getting to the next place and burning it and then burning to the next place because you can't. You're in a kayak, so you're not going to go 40 miles and, you know, a couple, you know, half an hour type of deal. So is that – There's a lot of strategy into kayak fishing, you know. Knowing that you can't travel, you know, you know, 20, 30 miles of a lake, you know, in a daytime, especially in a kayak tournament, the strategy of it is, you know, picking a spot where you think you have the best opportunity to catch your best five fish or whatever limit is for that tournament. And then knowing, you know, within that area, how much you can cover and, uh, and, and just trying to do the best. So there's a lot of strategy when it comes into tournament kayak fishing as well. Almost reminds me of like bow hunting compared to rifle hunting a little bit. Yeah. Like, you know, with bow hunting, yeah. you, you have to get within 40 yards High for course. most, you know, for, for most people, at least 40 yards, um, of that deer or elk or whatever. Whereas with rifle hunting, you still got to get sort of close, yeah. but if you're a good shot, you can shoot, <clears throat> you can shoot a deer 350 yards away. Um, yeah. you know, so it's kind of like, you know. Same yeah. thing with uh, the, with the fishing side, you know, with a bass boat, you know, you don't get something after four or five re- casts and you're on to the next one. With kayak fishing, you kind of have to really think, where do I need to be? And, and I, can I get into these areas that these big bass boats can't? And that's probably where a lot of you all, do you target those areas a lot where these bass boats can't get into this cove or they can't get into this this spot right here? Is that a spot where a lot of times you're you're trying to get yourself into yeah and it's just like deer hunting man pressure you know if you if you want to hunt a pressured area you probably aren't going to do very well same thing with fishing if you hunt a, a pressured fishery you, you probably won't do very well so knowing areas where the boats can't get is a, a premier spot to launch a kayak and be able to get back in there and test it out um i, I keep saying technology technology can be the uprise or it can be the fall of kayak angling too you know, especially with the live scope and everything, these crazy bass boats got mm-hmm. now. You see, they got these fifty-three inch TVs on the front of their deck, and all they're doing is watching for fish. They don't see fish, they leave. In uh, kayak fishing, you know, if you don't rely on your technology, you can have some. I have a, a Garmin UHD ninety-three SV, which is a touchscreen. It's got side view. You know, I can scout out an area, but I'm not going to rely on my depth finder to tell me if there's fish there or not. You know, that's what my lure is for. That's what my ability is for. And so a lot of our kayak fishers are more patient than bass boat anglers. Bass boat anglers get in there, throw the lure a couple of times, no bites are gone. You know, but we can go in there and pick apart an area. You pull up to a lay down of a tree, you know, a tree root wad. Uh, a bass boat may hit a couple throws at it, but we can, you know, we can work our way all the way around that, that root wad and just pick it apart and find that one big bite that, you know, nobody knew was there. Yeah. Yeah. It seems a lot more like uh, <clears throat> quantity over or quality, quality over, yeah, quality <laughs> over quantity. You know, the bass boats are going for quantity to where it seems like the kayak might be going for a little bit more of a quality experience to where they have to, I mean, really um, work at it to find the right. They know the fish are there, obviously. I mean, you guys are fishing yeah. those root wads and things. I mean, you know there's ones in there someplace. And just uh, you can spend a little more time getting him out of there. Yep. So in bass boats tournaments, you know, obviously they're based on weight. Mm-hmm. You know, they collect their top five fish for weight. Right. Uh, kayaks do have live wells. 
however, you know, they're not meant to be carrying bass in all the time like that. It mainly like a bait tank and stuff. But so we, we do CPR, which is catch picture release. Um, so in a tournament, you may have uh, a five fish limit and it's the, the longest length of a tw- of five fish is who wins the tournament. So okay. it's nice. pretty neat. And another thing I'm guessing you can be a lot more quiet than a bass boat is. You know, you can oh, you sure. can sneak into an area, and the fish might. Um, while I'm sure they are aware something is in the area, you know, they might not be as bothered by, you know, a wake, big awake coming in, big awake coming in, or or the the sound of the motor. Even a trolling motor makes yep. sound. Uh, although oh, hell, sure. some of those I can't even tell they're running anymore. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. Electric motors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like, oh, that thing's Prius, on. I don't think Prius makes a bass boat yet. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure that day's coming. Okay. Yeah, I mean, even the pedal drive kayaks are extremely quiet. You know, your paddle kayaks, you, you may make a little bit more splashing as you go through, but a lot of these guys will position themselves to a spot where they'll play the wind. You know, they'll put their paddles down and let the wind push them where they want to go, and it's, it's damn near quiet you know i read something today where guys will use the way they cast to help move the boat so if they're using like a um a jig that creates a wake then that will actually pull them because they're hooked to the pole it'll actually kind of pull them in the direction that they're casting so they use that to their it's like strategy like i want to go that way so i'm going to start moving that way and they're not even paddling anymore they're just casting so it's kind of like a motorcycle, you know, if you lean one way, it's going to move your boat a little bit in that direction rather than making a splash of the paddle and shifting your weight can also change, you know, the path of your kayak. Too. Yeah. So Mike, talk a little bit, you touched on a second and for me and some of the other ones that don't know, you said there's paddle kayaks, there's pedal drive kayaks. Like what are, I mean, are those the two main kind of kayaks and are there any others? I mean, what, <clears throat> what are the main, main kayaks you're looking at? Yeah, definitely. I would say those are the main. So you have pedal kayaks um, like the Hobie. Um, it's actually got a hole in the middle that your your pedals push into and lock in, and they're foot driven. So as you pump your feet, um, you know you move in a forward or reverse direction. You got a rudder, obviously, so you can control your steering. Um, other ones like uh, Old Town New Canoe have a PDL system, which is like a, a bike pedals. Okay. Where they go in a circular motion compared to Hobies, which is just forward and back. <clears throat> and then you have paddles. Um, and then nowadays you have, you know, uh, trolling motors are a big thing now in the kayak industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have bow motor or rear mounted trolling motors. And you even have trolling motors that fit down in your center console. Like on the Hobies, you can remove your fins and, and put, put like a, um, a water snake or whatever you want to okay. inside of that and have the uh, propulsion. The thing that kind of draws a lot of people away from the, the electronic trolling motors and stuff is once you put a electronic trolling motor on it in most states you do have to register your kayak gosh um and so it's it's kind of a pain in the butt you pay a little bit more but uh, you can cover a lot more water yeah yeah Um, nowadays with with spot lock technology when you get on a good group of fish you hit your spot lock and that trolling motor keep you in that spot and you just keep casting yeah so it's really user preference you know pedal versus paddle and you know the price variance between pedal and paddle is uh, it's decent there are some cheaper pedal kayaks out there right gotcha okay all on user preference cool cool so you run and fish a lot of tournaments uh are most of your tournaments on streams they on lakes um what what or is there 
pretty good I mean mix of both or what do you look at there and and what species are you fishing for I mean you got crappie bass <clears throat> um, largemouth smallmouth I mean tell us a little bit about that just from a very very basic perspective here sure um, so there are kayak tournaments for almost every kind of species walleye bass crappie and stuff I mainly fish bass tournaments um, uh, and most tournaments are a black bass bass tournament okay so you can catch smallmouth largemouth Kentucky or spot um um uh since COVID happened too it kind of restricted on you know where you could fish and how many anglers can get out there fishing so a lot of kayak tournaments are doing roadrunner style which is there's no central link up point to launch so for instance if we're launching at lake of the ozarks you can fish from any you can launch your boat from any public ramp and fish wherever you want now there is a link up afterwards or sometimes the online uh ending events or the results are done uh, in person or online. It just depends. Um, so I fish a kayak anglers of Missouri, which was, they do mainly lake tournaments, but we do have a river series where we pair up with another tournament series called ORAT, which is the Ozark river anglers tournament trail. Okay. Um, and they stick to small streams and rivers. And then the uh, Moyak tournament series uh, does both lakes and rivers. And then I run the Fallen Outdoor Kayak Anglers, which we host a nationwide kayak series. Um, and we do any public water within the nation. Uh, we actually, I say within the nation, but we got a guy in the military this year fishing in Italy. Really? Um, so he's finding some bass in Italy and fishing with us. That's pretty sweet. And our tournament series, Fallen Outdoor Kayak Anglers, is open to anybody that wants to um, help pretty much raise funds for the Fallen Outdoors by kayak fishing. Uh, instead of doing big prizes, prize payouts, we do, I do the uh, championship belts from uh, undisputedbelts.com. <laughs> I get these guys a big 50-inch yeah. belt for first place. They're pretty, pretty slick. Sweet. And then uh, all of our sponsors like Tackle HD, Everhart Outdoor, Sublime Wear, Rogue Fishing, um, and uh, other companies give us products throughout the year. And for second, third place, we give them some sweet, you know, $100 plus prize packs for their participation and and just keep the other money to uh, raise funds for getting veterans out hunting and fishing and stuff. So oh, no doubt. Nice. Pretty neat. I want to make sure we get links to all those things you <laughs> yeah. kind of talked about, you know, the, uh, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, all the acronyms, you just all said, those I can't letters. Yeah. yeah. All the different fishing organizations <laughs> and, and, and definitely falling outdoors uh, too. I did not realize. Um, so we've been Facebook friends for a while. I kind of follow some of the stuff you do, but I didn't realize that that was a nationwide, any public water type deal. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And most of our tournaments are month long. Um, and so it's not just a one day event that way, you know, anglers from all across the nation and Italy, um, can fish at their leisure. They got 30 days to catch as many as, as their top five fish. Okay. So it gives you opportunity. I mean, some, we got some anglers that'll fish 30 days out of a, a month long tournament. We get some guys that only have a couple of days out of the month they can yeah. fish and rather be an all in one weekend, they can spread out their time and fish a couple of times for, for a good cause too. So it's pretty neat. Yeah. And I'd just like to say, I think for the month of June, I'm sitting in first place. So I've only fished twice this month. <laughs> oh, got hey. some big ones, didn't you? I, uh, I mean, I, I think I got like 91.25 inches of five fish. So that's it's a decent that's average. That's pretty solid. My scores don't count. If I do take first place, what I do is I just roll the first place prize over the next month. Okay. Or if I take second place, I usually bump up the third place guy to second place just because just I'm a good sport. So. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, um, we're going to get into 
some tips here in a second, but I think this is a nice, we'll, we'll make that the end of the show. We'll, we'll, we'll move that to the end of the show because I'd like to transition into uh, the falling outdoors and kind of let you give everybody a, a nice, you've talked about the tournament. Yeah. But um, kind of give everybody an idea of what y'all do. Um, as our listeners are well aware, we are uh, our, our show, us three guys, uh, by the way, Micah couldn't be here tonight. Um, he's been sick for like six straight days now. He doesn't have the vid. He doesn't have the vid. Uh, but he does have something like meningitis or something like that. So, Posadas. I mean, <laughs> but uh, I was down for a couple days last week for just allergies. Man. Yeah. He, he thought he had the vid. He actually got tested twice. He don't have it. So, um, anyway, uh, so anybody that listens to us, we are, we are huge supporters of, of veterans and, yep. and any way we can help veterans out. Um, we'll definitely, uh, we, we enjoy it. So why don't you give everybody an idea of what the Falling Outdoors is? Um, and then, you know, like, like Andy said, I'll have you send all the links to all the stuff you talked about and we'll, uh, sure. we'll put that out with the show, but, um, give everybody a rundown about it. Yeah, for sure, guys. Um, so the Fallen Outdoors is a 501c3, which is a non-for-profit or a veteran-based hunting and fishing organization. Um, our goal is to connect like-minded outdoors men and women that have served, whether it be honorably in the past or currently serving, uh, connect those like-minded men and women throughout the country to get outdoors and conduct trips together. Uh, we have teams in 42 of the 50 states. Our teams are comprised of pro staff. Uh, we, t- we say they're pro staff. That's just because they're the ones that do all the behind-the-scenes work, um, busting their butts to raise funds for their team, uh, collect sponsors to get gear to help host trips, um, our goal is to get veterans into the woods or on the water. Um, we say we're an all veterans hunting and fishing organization, but it's grown to way more than just hunting and fishing. Uh, we got guys that like to work on cars. And so we say, Hey dude, post up a trip, get guys working on cars. Um, so anything to get the guys and girls out of the house, get their mind on day to day, get their mind off of day to day veteran stuff. And obviously everybody's heard the, you know, the saying 22 days, 22 a day, 22 mm-hmm. veterans commit suicide a day. And that, that's the biggest thing our mission is, is to get these guys and gals, you know, in the woods or on the water, to help get their mind right, create that peaceful mentality and give them a brother sisterhood of like-minded people they can continue to connect with. Um, say we got a guy in California that's always had a dream of shooting a black bear in New York. You know, he can reach out to or she can reach out to Team New York, say, hey, you got any black bear trips? Yeah, I got one. As long as they can get there, they can go on that trip. It's pretty neat. So um, our main way of connecting to our veterans is through Facebook. It's just our easiest way to do it. We do have a uh, .com, and it's simply www.thefallenoutdoors.com. Our, our web page is kind of getting a, a new face to it and getting updated. But Facebook, we've broken down into four regions. Um, so you can go to Facebook, type in the Fallen Outdoors West Coast, the Fallen Outdoors East Coast, Fallen Outdoors Southern, and the Midwest. <coughs> and then we have an All Vets community page where kind of everybody comes together cool. and uh, post events and stuff like that. Absolutely. Um, we are an All Vet organization. However, we can't do it alone. We definitely need the help from our civilian counterparts, our landowners, and our donors and stuff. So we created a uh, the Fallen Outdoors support page, and that page is open to anybody who wishes to support us in any way possible through a monetary donation, a, uh, a trip donation, land donation, uh, anything like that. They reach out to us via that page. 
Nice. And then we have our, our main pages on Facebook. It's just The Fallen Outdoors. And uh, that's where we post a lot of pictures. And, you know, when a landowner is like, hey, you know, I donated a thousand acres of land and I wanted to see how the trips went, we post those pictures there and they can they can uh, like that page and kind of view the trips and see how many veterans were successful on their trip. And, and we can tag them in our, our write-ups on there as well. So awesome. it's pretty slick. Um, we have guys that do everything. You know, we have guys that specialize in turkey hunting, deer hunting, duck hunting's huge within the fallen outdoors. I think it's dumb, but uh, <laughs> I'm not a big, I'm not a big, <laughs> I'm not a big duck hunter. It is what it is. But you know, we were actually founded in 2009 out in Washington State. Washington State's a huge waterfowl community, and that's kind of where we're founded. So duck hunting's kind of in the in the blood of the fallen outdoors. Yeah, and it's made its way across the nation. I think um, I think though why duck hunting is so popular among uh, I guess vets is um, I was talking to another one of my friends uh, that is a is a vet and it's because you're you're with people a lot when you're duck hunting right you're in a blind with ten other people and so it's it's more so you know the company you have and the camaraderie you get while duck hunting. And yes, I am also not a duck hunter. I have went duck hunting. And while I did have fun doing it, I also don't have a desire to wake up at two in the morning to go freeze my ass off in the water. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, what, would I go again? Yeah. But, uh, so I, you know, that might be why it's such a big draw for a lot of vets is, you know, you, you're not just by yourself in a tree stand. Uh, you, you get to be with others and having to be quiet. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Right. You're duck hunting. Now you got somebody over here flipping scrambled eggs and making, you know, <laughs> snacks and shit. You got guys over here laughing and joking, smashing coffee pots together. And and then when the birds come in, you know, you get quiet, you you calm down and stuff, and you you shoot your shot. And then man, you joke and more, and you, you beat each other up. And it, <laughs> it's all about camaraderie. Is oh, what it is. Yeah. You know, compared to being in a ground blind with one other guy and trying not to move at all and trying to be quiet the whole time. Can't even sneak a fart in there. And <laughs> that's what, that's what duck hunting is, man. That's why the, that's why the hunting community for duck hunting is so huge. It's just, it is fun. It's expensive. And yeah. I'm not a fan of being on the water when it's cold. Yeah. That's uh, I've kind of refused to go because I know if I do go, I'll like it. And I don't think I can afford another hobby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, you know, having that many deeks and, decoys for every species you want to hunt and yep. you know all the calls and stuff yeah it's expensive but i mean same thing with deer hunting you know i got a lot of deer hunting equipment kayak it fishing does, it's not cheap and, <laughs> kayak fishing uh, yeah <laughs> kayak fishing and you know i've been on the river before <clears throat> and you know half inch of ice you know we're crushing ice trying to get to the fish or uh used to chase uh walleye and have it being a snow blizzard, but the walleye are biting. So you're out there, you got ice and snow and having to dip your lines in the water to get the ice out of your eyelets. And yeah, but Gosh. you know, I'm wearing warm gear and it's not like I'm right. in the water. So, right. so real quick, <clears> before bad. we get into a few tips, uh, you mentioned one of the tournament series that you, uh, either participate in or, or help with is the, uh, <laughs> the one in, in smaller streams, smaller, uh, rivers and streams that, that is run here in Missouri. Uh, yeah. How fun is that to, to kayak fish a small stream that you know no other boat can access? You know, no bass boat is going on there. Um, it's just a kayak that can be on there. 
how fun is it to fish those little things yeah. that, I mean, you might be fishing a little, you know, a little, <clears throat> little pool that's seven foot deep. And then the rest of the area is just, you know, ankle deep. I mean, how, how fun is that? I mean, it's a blast. And in those small creeks, uh, you find some, some beasts. I mean, those, those big fish hide up in there cause there's food for them all year round. Um, and, and obviously in the wintertime, they find those winter holes is a little bit deeper and they can stay in and thrive and eat. But, um, yeah, ORAT is what it's called. O-R-A-T-T. It's the Ozark River Anglers Tournament Trail. And they're, they're, we travel all across the state of Missouri and some down in Arkansas. Um, but what it is, is they'll say, Hey, you know, the river tournament for this, this month is a 50, uh, 50 mile radius from St. Robert, Missouri. And you can fish any moving water in that area. And so, you know, a lot of people hit the Gasconade, the Big Piney, the Little Piney. Um, but the Little Piney is phenomenal. It is shallow in a lot of spots. But like I said, man. And then that tournament series, too, a wade fishing is authorized. You just have to take your pictures from uh, of your fish on in the kayak. But, you know, you pull off into a, a little shallow section. There's maybe one, you know, three-foot section that's still moving fast water, and it's good three-foot deep. You know, you're able to catch some big fish. And smallmouth, you know, you can catch 20, 21 inch smallmouth in those small, skinny waters. Nice. It's, and I mean, it, it doesn't get much beautiful on that, man. Um, Tackle HD is one of the biggest uh, bait companies that I throw a lot of. I also work for them. Um, but they have the high def crawl, which is phenomenal. And in those skinny, clear, unstained waters, that crawl is unmatched. I mean, crawls will come out of their rocks just to fight one of those tackle hd crawls because it's so realistic and you know That's catching awesome. smallmouth bass on on that type of lure in that clear waters you can't beat it so what's Those the smallmouth what's the coolest uh what's the coolest <clears throat> fish you've caught on a small river <clears throat> um i mean game fish wise obviously the smallmouth but yeah when you get back in them small creeks and you catch like a, uh, you know, and you're fishing like a jig and you catch a pumpkin seed, a little perch or a bluegill, you know, that has amazing color that's just yeah. vibrant. It's just like, man, it's like, crazy. like a tropical fish. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It's like crazy. Um, and there are some in that O-Rat series too. We do fish a kayak only, smallmouth only, fly fish only tournament. Oh, cool. So fly fishing for smallmouth bass out of a kayak on one of these rivers jeez yeah awesome yeah yeah, yeah. We, we we had a old boy on this has been quite a while ago um he caught the record river red horse um oh yeah state of missouri record river red horse and he's a guy that he he owns a, a pest control company doesn't he he, he was self-employed or something he's self-employed and so he keeps fishing uh gear in his truck all the time and when he's on yeah. on his lunch he'll just go fish a little <clears throat> city stream you know, did I say shitty stream? I, I don't know. City, <laughs> city, city stream. City. <laughs> um, you know, like, you know, that nobody else touches. And he'll just, you know, he'll catch all these things. Well, he went he went fishing one afternoon, um, I think at, right after he got off work. or I can't remember the story now. It's been a, a while. We've done a few podcasts oh, in between then. And uh, <laughs> catches this record river red horse off the banks. Now, he wasn't kayak fishing. But, you know, he was talking to us in the same way you are about small these small rivers and creeks that he's like, there's nothing. He just, I love it. You know, it's, you can, you can cast and you'll get the biggest fight out of us, the smallest fish, you know, and it's, uh, 
he said he really enjoys it. So I could see where you would have a lot of fun, especially on the river. I mean, I, I live here in Waynesville, Missouri, and, you know, it's the home of the Rubidoux. Uh, Rubidoux Creek, spring-fed. There are tons of different species inside the Rubidoux. So you can walk through Rubidoux, because right now especially it's real shallow, but trout, uh, brown trout, rainbow trout, smallmouth, bat, largemouth bass, all, all kinds of different species. Uh, you get into rivers like the Merrimack and stuff, you mm-hmm. get some hybrid stripers. You get into walleye, you get into some big-ass drum. Um, and so you never know what you're going to catch, and it's that's what's the thrill. Yeah. That next cast could be, you know, something totally different, but it's gonna it's gonna run you for your money. Yeah, absolutely. What is what's your <clears throat> biggest uh, bag, or what do you want to call them, the top five of a tournament? What's your what's your uh, all time all time best five fish? I don't. I, you know, I don't Dude, even know just, if I've had a just a lie. Full bag. <laughs> just lie. I've caught oh, five twelve pounders. Thousand. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we, I mean, we do different tournaments where it's a five fish limit. Um, sometimes we do a six fish limit sometimes cause we got guys, we got a lot of guys that fish with us on our fallen outdoor kayak angler tournament from Texas, Florida. They're like, Oh, 24 inch fish. That's nothing. That's, that's common, you know, and we don't gotcha. have that quality of fish here. Um, and so we do some tournaments that you can have five fish up to 18 inches. And so you catch your five 18 inch fish and then you can have one kicker fish, which is your big fish that could be unlimited. And so those tournaments are pretty fun too. Gotcha. Um, it's hard finding just exactly 18 inch fish, but, um, I think my biggest five bass tournament's probably like 98 inches, just short of, uh, you know, I have a 20 inch average. Uh, average. Yeah. yeah. Um, I catch a lot of 1975s. I think last year, my biggest fish was 20.5. Um, and, uh, my partner, Jeremy Mitchell, who was going to come on with us tonight, but it's his wife's birthday. Hey, so he, by the he, way, Jeremy, if you listen to this show, we're sorry, dude. <clears throat> yes. I saw you were on the zoom call at nine o'clock and I was driving over to Andy's. And so thanks for w- being willing to come on, man. <clears throat> I just sent him an email actually a couple minutes ago telling him, thank you. And, and Hey, we'll, we'll get with you again, buddy. We appreciate you being willing to come on though. Sorry, Nate, the jerk. <laughs> Jeremy's, uh, I call him my big spoon. I'm a, I'm a little guy. I'm I'm five five. He's like twelve foot tall, uh, big old burly guy. But yeah, um, that dude's an awesome kayak fisherman, man. He's done real well. He did um, he placed high in a lot of big tournaments last year. Won a lot of tournaments. Went to um, some big tournaments and uh, and met some great people. Um, Chad Hoover. You guys know who Chad Hoover is? I don't Owner think so. of KBF bass fishing guy um he's actually friends with chad now and chad's actually coming out next week with the fallen outdoors and doing two separate fishing days with the fallen outdoors and doing some kayak demonstration with people who haven't kayak fished before cool uh, we posted a trip on our page and got some veterans out and i think we're bringing one non-veteran and one veteran nice um, so for two days we got to hang out with chad hoover's the owner of kbf who got kayak bass fishing started nationwide so wow yeah he's, <laughs> pretty he's, awesome. he's definitely started something then yeah. okay so it's a perfect yeah. segue right here now i'm gonna put you on the spot so if you can't come up with that many it's fine but if someone, i can lie you said i can lie yeah you can lie <laughs> uh for anybody out there that is that is thinking about trying to get into <clears throat> to kayak fishing what would you say the top five tips you would give them are 
you know, what, what would be the first five things so they should ju- try? They're just starting, and how would they – top five things they would need or do to get started. And if you, um, if you, you don't have to be exact on five. You could go to 20, you know, four. <laughs> we're not going to hold you to it. it. <laughs> Close. <laughs> there, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, a lot of the guys I tell is find a kayak you want, budget for that kayak, and get that kayak. It makes no sense – to buy a cheap end kayak and have to upgrade every year till you get to the one you want. I mean, if you're going to have to buy those cheap kayaks to get on the water, then, then do so. But, you know, start at your budget, know what you want to throw into a kayak because the budgets now range from $500 to, you know, five grand. So find your budget, know what you want out of your kayak, whether it be, I want stability. I want pedal drive. I want paddle. Um, know what the capabilities of that kayak is and kind of plan your budget to fit the kayak you want. Uh, once you get that kayak, um, learn what type of species you want to target and build your tackle based on the species you want to hunt and uh, get your rod and reel combo set up the way you want. Anybody can go out on a kayak and throw a uh, barbie pole and catch some good fish. But, you know, when you're talking about the abuse that our rod and reels take on a kayak and kayak fishing and stuff, uh, you know, having great gears is top priority. Um, so budget for your kayak, know what you want to use your kayak for, um, build your tackle for the specific fish and uh, criteria you want to meet. And then um, I think even on the top of those is your safety, obviously, you know, um, having a good uh, flotation device uh, is paramount. 99% of these kayak tournaments, if you're not wearing a PDF, you're disqualified. If you take a picture of your fish and it shows that your life vest is unzipped or even partially unzipped, you're disqualified. It has to be used the way it was built, Coast Guard approved. And so we take fish and safety uh, top priority. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so know the bodies of water do you want to fish. If you're a river fisherman, you know, the length of your kayak really matters. I went from my previous kayak was a 14 footer. Didn't do so well on the rivers. Had a lot of extra room. Was awesome on the lakes. But now that I do lakes and rivers more often, I moved down to a 12 foot kayak. Uh, there are some 10 footers. There are some shorter ones. Um, but that 12 foot, I think, is like one of the most well versatile uh, size of kayaks out there is that 12 foot. Um, how to carry your kayak. Um, I have a uh, pick em up truck um, with a, uh, a decent sized six foot bed. So my kayak will slide into the back of that. Uh, we'll hang off a little bit. So you may have to purchase a product to kind of helps keep the kayak stable with it sticking out that far. Uh, within the last couple of years, I got a jet ski trailer and modified it for my kayak. So now I carry my kayak That's on the good, trailer. Yeah. It's just a little bit safer that way. Um, so, all right, we talked about what type of kayak. Uh, safety, gear, and knowing where you want to fish. Um, I mean, I think that's about five, right? Is that yeah, four? Pretty, pretty close. Yeah, close. that's, that's, yeah. Close. that's about close. five. Yeah. We'll take it. We'll take I'm sure it. I'll think of more. Yeah. No, we, we, we do it every work. we do it every episode. We think of something <laughs> after we stop recording. Oh, that have been a good idea. I mean, like you about. said, it, it's all very involved. So it's yeah. it, I'm sure it's hard. I mean, to you just gave a brief overview. I mean, each one of those topics are topics within themselves. Um, so, I mean, that's, it's the tough coolest to... thing is there's a lot of kayak dealers that have demo days and that's probably the biggest thing I say is 
you know, don't say, hey, I want this kayak. I've never touched it before, but I'm going to get on it and use it. You know, go out there, test as many kayaks as you can. Choose the one that's right for you. I'm 5'5", 195 pounds on a good day. Um, my kayak fits me. It's It works for my 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 statue. Uh, there are some guys my height that are bigger than me. And so having a different size kayak or a kayak that's less stable may not be beneficial. You know, you may find yourself in the drink or you find it on. Um, so getting or out there to one of those a, demo days. If you're a Sasquatch like this guy <laughs> who's 6'6 six, six or 6'7, six, whatever you are, yeah. you know, you got to find one that won't, you know, tip you over every yeah. time you get into it. <laughs> that ain't no joke. I, you, you would love my kayak because my, my pedals have seven positions to adjust. So I'm, I use mine on position two. When Jeremy used to borrow my kayak, I'd get him back and I couldn't even touch the damn thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm on like position six, That's position like five or six. When you're like tippy toeing. <laughs> kind of like when your wife gets in the car and moves the string wheel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so that's awesome. a neat thing, though, is, you know, going to one of those demo days and demoing as many kayaks as you can until you find the one that fits you and you're comfortable in and then going for it. Sounds good. Awesome, man. Yeah. Well, before we hop off here real quick, why don't you throw out some some of those pages you mentioned earlier and then we'll we'll give everybody links to those also when we when we release the show. But, um, you know, let them know how they can get a hold of uh, the Falling Outdoors if they want to get involved in some of these tournaments, talk about those again right quick, and then we'll hop off. Sure. Yeah. So you can reach The Fallen Outdoors, www.thefallenoutdoors.com. From there, you can message the main page. If you want to reach out to a team in, in, in Tennessee, you know, you can message the page saying, hey, you know, I'd like to be put in contact with Team Tennessee or, you know, my roots are from Tennessee. Not mine, but if you're saying my roots are from Tennessee and I want to donate monetarily to Team Tennessee – uh, we have ways to accept credit cards, PayPal, all that things from the main page. And whatever donation you send to our national team, we will push that Tennessee team and we will definitely make sure they reach out to you and thank you. Um, so through the Fallen Outdoors, um, uh, on our Facebook page, the Fallen Outdoors, same thing. You can message us. You can do donations from that page. Um, if you're not a veteran and want to reach out to a team lead near you, uh, you can reach out to me. My email is mike.unruh, that's U-N-R-U-H, at thefallenoutdoors.com. I'm the uh, national staff director, so I'm in charge of our 700 pro staffer from across the nation. Awesome. Uh, I'm also on the board of directors for The Fallen Outdoors. And uh, what I'll do is I'll get you a link to uh, that nearest team near you. If, if you're not a veteran but still want to help out by hosting a trip or helping donate or donate land, you know, we'll get you in the right spot. We'll get you to that team near you. Um, if you want to get veterans onto the water via kayak fishing, you can look us up on Facebook at Fallen Outdoors Kayak Anglers. That page is open to anybody and everybody that wants to support veterans through kayak fishing. Um, we host our month-long tournaments. Um, they're usually, I usually will post the tournaments usually about the 15th through the 20th of the, pre, the month prior. And registration won't end until the 10th of the current month. So I'm getting ready to publish our July tournament, which is going to be a month-long tournament. And registration will end 10 July, and you'll have the month of July to fish that tournament. So it'll be nice. pretty fun. Awesome. That's usually a big tournament just because it's hot out and everybody likes being on the water anyways. And it has to be public water, correct? <clears throat> yep. Any public water uh, across the nation, um, that prevents guys from fishing your golf course ponds and stuff like that. Oh, man. Yeah. And when they submit fish, it actually shows. I know, right? Damn. 
um, when they submit fish through a tourney X, which is most kayak tournaments now are run through the app tourney X. Um, it shows the exact location where they caught that fish so I can verify if it's public or private. And nice. You know, if I need to slap anybody around. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, uh, but we... yeah, if you <clears throat> go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, if you're local to Missouri and want to get into a, uh, a lake kayak series, um, you can check out kayak anglers of Missouri. Uh, we do have a few more tournaments. I think we fish every month, once a month through the month of September. Um, if you want to join KMO is what it's called. K A M O kayak anglers in Missouri or Moyak M O Y A K. Uh, another great tournament series. Uh, if you want to fish strictly rivers up and down the nation or up and down Missouri, then you can follow O-Rat, which is O-R-A-T-T, so Ozark River Anglers Tournament Trail, another good river series. But that one's obviously based on the environment, too. Yeah. When we get a lot of rain, you ain't doing much fishing on the river because it's way too high. It's unsafe. So. There's a there's a lot to do if, if you want to get into kayak fishing. Yeah, I, sure. I honestly, before this, this yeah. I had no idea there were so many different organizations yeah. within Missouri even. We knew uh, it was big. I knew it was done, big. knew it was getting yeah. big, a lot of popularity, but I didn't know there were so many different tournament trails already that you could jump on. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's like uh, Southeast Missouri kayak anglers. There's one up in Kansas City. There's a bunch in Arkansas. There used to be a nation one called uh, Friday Night Lights, which was every Friday night from 8 p.m. to like um, 3 a.m. was a nighttime kayak series. Oh, wow. Um, and you could fish any public water. So that's cool that night bite I'm telling you what i do a lot of fishing when it's hot out like this 7 p.m to about 6 a.m you get that night bite and that good first morning bite and the lake's nice and calm there's minimal boats that's i fished twice this month and about that time frame caught my five good fish and nice. get home by about two o'clock in the morning that's pretty awesome, that's awesome. well mike we really appreciate <clears throat> yeah, you i threw my email address i threw my email address out there too so if you are a veteran uh, look us up on Facebook, the Fallen Outdoors. Find that region near you, East Coast, West Coast, Southern page, Midwest page, or just read out to me, uh, and I'll get you in touch with that team. We're always looking for help for volunteers. Uh, to be a member of our page, it costs absolutely nothing. Um, to be a staffer, it costs you know your your soul, but um, <laughs> it doesn't cost monetarily. But it takes a lot of volunteer time. But uh, there's some there's some great benefits about being a part of uh, the Fallen Outdoors, whether yeah. you're a member or a pro staff. So. Out of doubt. Well, Mike, we really appreciate you coming on and talking about kayak fishing and uh, the falling outdoors yeah, and what y'all do. Um, and once again, from Andy and I, we, we appreciate, we thank you yes, for thank uh, you very your much. service. I'm also really glad that as a cop now that you got to talk to one of your heroes tonight. Oh, uh, makes me feel good for you. <laughs> I'm going to have a dream tonight. <laughs> <laughs> of him choking me to death. Yeah, ho- hopefully, it does, hopefully it doesn't involve uh, you sliding down a pole. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't want to see that, buddy, I'm telling you. Um, no. But once again, man, we appreciate, uh, really appreciate it, and uh, thanks for coming on. Yeah, I'm going to reach out to you guys because I should be up in the Kansas City area in the next month or so okay. through Tackle HD. And uh, i got to go up there and hit up some dealers, so I may reach out to you guys and see if we can't get together, maybe even throw a line. Sounds good, Absolutely, that sounds like a plan. Appreciate you. Appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks. All right, that's tonight's show. Today's show? Today, tomorrow's night. I don't know. (laughs) But no, no, I appreciate it. Technically, it is tonight right now. It is tonight. We're getting close to tomorrow, though. Yeah. (laughs) But we we appreciate Mike coming on. That was a really good episode. And honestly, I, I learned a lot. Nate asked me before the show, did you research, you know, kayak fishing? I said, nah, that's what Mike's for. <laughs> so I learned a lot there on that one, to be honest with you, because I don't kayak fish. I haven't, but I really want to now, to be honest with you. Like, 
I can see myself instead of buying a bass boat. I could see myself getting a oh kayak. Oh my god! I hope I want to see your big ass in one of those you and know. just whoop. Once you're in, you're in, man. <laughs> uh, I, I would I, help you out eventually. Yeah, right. But I, I could see myself doing that. I mean, and, and it's a good way. I mean, you don't have to have a big production to get out on a, a body of water and do some fishing. And uh, their tournaments sound awesome. Uh, month-long tournaments you don't have to so you, you know don't have to like oh i can't do it this oh, weekend but, or i yeah. gotta figure something out you know wrong weekend or this or that you can do it all weekend you can do it one day fish 30 days it don't matter for guys like us that's big because when you got you know families like we have and yep. you're as busy as freaking we are with work and the kids and building houses and farming and yep. anything else to say hey you know what i got 30 days to go hunting as you know, if I only or hunting mm-hmm. fishing as many times as I can. If it's only once, at least it's once. Yep. And it'll count towards a tournament. Well, and you know me, I mean, anything you call a competition, I I like the quest quest outdoors competition for the deer. Mm-hmm. I do all the coyote tournaments I can. Yeah. Fishing tournaments, you put that aspect in it, adds a little bit more to me. Plus, you're supporting the veterans while you do it for their for their some of those yeah some the, of those different the fall outdoor tournament yeah. right. So, pretty cool information for sure. Yeah, no, it was it was a good one. We appreciate Mike coming on and uh, giving us his time. Yep, without a doubt. But um, okay, so it's been a minute since you've been on. Do you have a dad joke for our listeners? I've been so busy, I haven't been able to. Like, I haven't even been able to like think of them. So I'm not really sure. But dude, I've been so busy, I had to run out to the store. My wife said, "Hey, can you go grab six pack of Sprite?" I can only pick seven up. All I had. I didn't even know you were going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were being serious. I work on my dad jokes. I, I really hope everyone is still oh, listening yeah. right now and got that <laughs> joke because you Sprite. just made the entire show. Sprite 7-Up. Yeah. yeah, I got it. Okay. I got it. Hopefully sure. everybody else got it too. But, <laughs> no, uh, it's been good. It was good. It was we good. Just, keep trying to get stuff done I, i'm still trying to shoot coyotes if i can hit them i'd be up to like 30 by now but you gotta, uh, you gotta go up north with me and micah next time I, I really want to that that looked pretty fun you guys went up there but uh yeah i keep going out i'm, I'm calling them in but uh, i got a new gun new scope oh you told me something oh yeah I that one. happened the other night hmm? uh, i'm not gonna give you a hard time i'm gonna give somebody else a hard time oh, okay so you went uh, coyote hunting the other night, just one real quick set right before dark. It was just one of those I was in the mood to do, and yeah. uh, just I, I called up uh, Austin, my cousin that I do all the tournaments with, and we just, we coyote hunt quite a bit together just here and there. and mm-hmm. Yeah, so we went out for just a quick set, and we're really good at calling coyotes. I'd say you're pretty damn decent at shooting them too, but it, mm. you can't be 100%. Yeah, it could be a lot better. But, yeah, you called in two and – yeah. Went over two on that one, I guess, huh? We whiffed on two coyotes. Two, I mean, it was two separate. Like, wasn't like we called in a double. I'm telling on myself right now. Pretty embarrassing. <laughs> but uh, called one in, and I completely just – I know what I did wrong. I just, But once you pull the trigger, you can't really take it back. So No, unfortunately. I learned, and we're going to do better. <laughs> the second one, he learned, <laughs> and we're going to do better. But we called it. Like, we waited another. Did not move. Same spot. We didn't go to two separate. We called in two separate coyotes from two separate directions in the same set within probably thirty five minutes. I'm thinking of. I'm trying to think of a way to give Austin a hard time, and it's not hitting me right now because uh-huh. uh, he's he's uh, 
he's a good he's a good coyote hunter, so I gotta I gotta let him have at least one miss before I start messing with him. Hmm. Plus, I've missed enough. Hey, have you have you heard how do you turn on a country girl? No idea. You attract her. <laughs> Damn, that's well, two. Well, you got two now. I've been gone for a while. Then yeah, I have to, I'll double up this one. <laughs> oh man! All right, I stole that one. By the way, sorry. I don't. I'm. I'm sure you stole them all. Most but. of them. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, we are getting off into the deep end right here, <laughs> so we're going to end this show. Um, everybody have a great day, and we'll talk to you all later.